Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I'm so happy that you're here today, and I want to invite you to grab your Bibles and meet me in Psalm 37. And we're going to look today at verse 4, which we have covered this verse before. But I believe that today the Holy Spirit is illuminating this scripture and we need to give it special attention because it's time for this word of the Lord to blossom in your heart and in your life. So Psalm 37, 4, and let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we jump into your word today, that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures, bringing them alive so that we can take them and receive them today as spiritual food. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, and we all agree around the world and say, Amen. Psalm 37, 4, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So we are told to delight ourselves in the Lord, and thus, when we do that, these wonderful desires that we have in our hearts will be manifested by the Lord himself. But it does hinge around delighting yourself in the Lord. And I think that's important to spend time with the Lord, get to know the Lord personally, talk to him and ask him questions and, you know, spend time studying and meditating on scripture. And when we really live for the Lord, not just in our devotional time, but when we just live our lives, our entire lives surrendered to the Lord, then you'll find that the Lord will bring you into that place where every single desire of your heart is met. And you've still got time. And I believe that as you continue to walk with the Lord, you will walk right into these heart desire blessings. Now, this is interesting because it doesn't refer here to the subject of needs. And while there is a place for needs because God will supply all of our need according to his riches by Christ Jesus, we know that and we are in faith for the basics to be covered. But there's something about needs that I guess we could say it's not always too exciting when we are discussing needs. When you buy new socks or when you need to buy a box of cereal. It's not like that's really exciting. It's something that you need, but there is the area of desires where suddenly you wake up and your heart begins to become excited and your brain wants to engage because the truth is, even with your brain, you can learn anything if you like it. If you're into it, you can unravel it, you can solve it, you can step into it and do it because there's something about a supernatural attraction to what God has wired you towards. And for others, it may seem complex or complicated. And even for yourself, to a degree, maybe it is. But your desire to know and your passion for that overwhelms even the hurdles of what could be a steep learning curve or subject material that maybe few are daring or willing to wade through. Praise God. But my friends, God is going to bring these heart's desires into your life. Continue to walk with him. And I want to call today's message, Stay on Track, because this is where it's leading you to. When you stay on track, you're going to eventually pull right into the train station of having your heart's desires manifest it. Now, we're not talking about needs today. We're talking along that line of heart's desires. And something that would help you also is to list out and write out your top three heart's desires. And here's something interesting. There will be some of you that as you write these three out, and you can do it right now, just uh, you know, kind of work along with me today as we go through this. As you write out your three top heart's desires. And I, I, I also think it won't take you long to write them out because for most of you, you already know what they are. But there will be those of you, as you just write them out real quick on paper, you'll look at them. Uh, some of them will be in an area like if you're single, uh, let's say you're a guy and you're single, maybe you're in your 20s and you want to get married. Okay, you're going you're gonna to 
write down, you know, a wife, a spouse. You, you, you want a wife, you're ready to get married. Or we could reverse that. Maybe you're a lady and you're looking for your guy and, you know, you want a spirit-filled man that loves the Lord. Okay, so that's going to be on your list. And maybe there's somebody, you know, you just have a real strong desire to operate in the spiritual gifts and you're really into that right now. And that's wonderful. So you're going to write spiritual gifts, maybe the gift of prophecy or whatever it is that, you know, God's stirring in your heart and you write those things out. But let me also say this as we kind of just be honest in the sense that not everything in life has to be or needs to be spiritual, although true spirituality is just walking with the Lord, walking in the spirit, not walking in the flesh. You, you want to be in that zone all the time. But my friends, uh, there are the other areas of life that are important, and I would I would believe that for many of you, as you look at your list of three hearts desires, ask yourself this, can money answer that heart's desire? In other words, if you put down an orphanage, you know, maybe having a heart, uh, heart's desire to start an orphanage. Well, how are you going to do that without money? And even if you do get some money, you're going to need some more because the kids are going to eat the food uh, there at the orphanage and they're going to need some food next week, next month. They're going to need clothes and on and on it goes. So many of the things that would be listed, even in the category of heart's desires, it's going to require finances. And I want to talk today about how I see God bringing you into the manifestation of of your heart's desires, keeping in mind that it all uh, is linked to that first statement, delight yourself in the Lord. And when you delight yourself in the Lord, you're into the Lord, you're into his things, you're into his book, his word, you have a heart for the things of God, then these other things are going to follow. But I want to give you some understanding from the word of God, how you are led into this track of blessing. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe a good example for this can be found in the book of 2 Chronicles. Let's go over there. I've been hanging out over here for a few days and really enjoying it, reading about the kings of Israel, the kings of Judah. But here in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, we have insight into the life of Hezekiah, even some private insights into his devotional walk with the Lord. And I want you to understand through his godly life how all of his dreams came to pass and how the Lord can do the same thing for you. So we are now in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, and let's begin in verse 24. It says, In those days Hezekiah was sick and near death, and he prayed to the Lord, and he spoke to him and gave him a sign. But Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore, wrath was looming over him and over Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart. Now, one of the things that you're going to need to do in order to stay on track and reach this area of the manifestation of your heart's desires is you're going to have to stay humble because with the blessing of the Lord, and with the increase of the Lord operating in your life, it can be very easy to drift, especially if you begin to drift from the anchor of your devotional life with the Lord. If anything begins to erode that, you're in trouble, and you need to put the brakes on and get back into the secret place and make sure that that first priority is always kept as the first priority. And so you're going to have to stay in a place of having a humble heart, especially when people give you accolades or they say, hey, you know, great job, you know, we won again, or we had another good season, or we closed out another year on top, and this time it's even better than last time. You have to watch all that stuff, you know, don't let that stuff go to your head. And I, no, I'm not saying read criticism. I'm not say, saying that you need to meditate on maybe uh, the negative that could be out there because uh, even Jesus, who was sinless and perfect, he had tons of critics. 
so some criticism, uh, no matter what you do right and how many things you do right, it's just always going to be there. So I would say don't focus on the negative, but I would say that be careful with all the good stuff that can be said. Uh, because I remember one time that I finished ministering at a preacher's conference you know, had a bunch of ministers there and I ministered. And when I got done, a lady came up to me and she said, I've been in the church many, many years. Uh, you know, not, she wasn't saying that church, she was a visitor, but she, she's been a Christian for many, many years. And she had heard me preach. And she said, I just want you to know. And she was so sincere. She said, I just want you to know. And she was a, you know, mature lady. She was maybe in her early seventies. So I figured, you know, she'd been around the block a few times. And she said, I just want you to know that I consider you to be the greatest preacher that I've ever heard. And uh, she said it with such sincerity and really tried to convey it with a very sincere face and, you know, uh, a very meaningful, you know, way of conveying it. And I thought that was really cool, you know, and uh, I thought that was neat. I said, well, Lord, you know, that that's good, you know, and sometimes you do need encouragement, but you, you know, be careful because really the bottom line is the Lord, uh, it's what does the Lord think about it and how, how are things viewed in his eyes? And so don't ever get a big hit because, uh, you know, after she said that, I got to talking to a few other people and, uh, and then after I'd talked with them, it was time to cross over the church sanctuary, go through a door over on the other side. And then that door would take me back into the back where there was a, uh, a dinner that was prepared for all of the ministers. Now, when I walked across the sanctuary to get to the other side to open that door, I saw the same lady. This is only five minutes after what she told me. I saw the same lady. She had her back to me, so she probably didn't know where I was at or maybe thought I'd left. As she had her back to me, and she had another minister standing in front of her, a friend of mine, and I heard her saying to him, I just want you to know that I've heard many preachers preach, but I consider you to be the greatest preacher that I've ever heard preach. <laughs> and uh, Oh, he was eating it up, too. I could see he was lit up like a light bulb. <laughs> And it, I just thought, Lord, uh, you know, why are there people that even do stuff like that, like that crazy lady? But at the same time, you know, the Lord just spoke to me and said, you know, take all of it with a grain of salt because uh, while encouragement can be good, uh, just guard your heart. Don't ever get into pride. Uh, it's one of the it's one of the sins that can take you out quick. Now, all sin is dangerous. But there's something about pride because that was the one that took Lucifer down. And that was what he was, you know, you have in the book of Isaiah, uh, Lucifer's speech, the classic five I wills. I will do this. I will do this. And he lists out his five I wills. And it's all, every single one of them was a great example of the epitome of the danger of pride and what took him out. So watch out for that because it began to sneak into the life of Hezekiah because it wasn't too long ago. He was under tremendous uh, pressure and duress from the army of Assyria that was just rolling through the country, getting closer and closer to Jerusalem. And he kept holding to the word of the Lord. He kept holding to the word of the Lord. And sure enough, God delivered him. And in one night, an angel came and killed 185,000 of their best soldiers of the enemy, killed their best soldiers. And the king and his remaining troops had to retreat and go back to their pagan land. And God delivered them. Well, when that happened, I mean, everybody just thought Hezekiah is it. I mean, you even had the Philistines bringing this guy tribute, bringing silver to him. And uh, people from all over, kings from all over were just like, wow, we thought you were a goner. And yet you ended up totally whooping him and uh, and humiliating him. And uh, I mean, because it does say that, that that enemy king, he went back in shame and disgrace. Wow. So, you know, people were praising Hezekiah. Uh, I, you know, they weren't, they weren't praising him like he's God, but they were like heaping on the accolades. Oh man, you're great. You did it. Wow. What wisdom, what, you know, what courage and, you know, all of that. And obviously he was eating it up and he did get into pride. Please be careful with this. Um, you can use blessings. You can, you can, you can literally take blessings of God 
and you can twist them in a wrong way and actually use them as weapons of intimidation. You can use them as platforms of pride. You must be very, very careful to never, ever misuse the blessings, the gifts, and the anointings of the Lord. Praise God. Because the Lord will work very quickly uh, against you. I want to I want to use that word properly. When I say he works against you, I'm just saying he'll deal with you. If you get into pride, he'll deal with you very, very quickly because he knows how serious it is much faster than he will even with some other sins. Not that he's tolerating the other sins, but pride is something that really will catch his attention that um, he knows how dangerous it is. So he'll, he'll call you on the carpet as we say with that one. Please be careful with that. These are all things that you're going to have to deal with as you stay on track. Now, you're on track, but I'm trying to say stay on track, and you'll end up in that place of seeing even uh, your heart's desires, not, not just basic needs. I'm talking even heart's desires manifested, every single one of them in your life. Praise the Lord. Let's continue on. Verse 26, then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. Hezekiah had very great riches and honor, and he made himself treasuries for silver. He's, he's got so much, even of the precious stuff, that he's got to have, as we would say, these safety vaults, secure houses, you know, these... Um, strengthen fortified places to keep all of these exotic items that are now accumulating within his treasuries. And he made himself treasuries for silver, for gold, for precious stones, for spices. Let me just uh, take a little side road just for a moment. Always thank God anytime you reach for the salt shaker and the pepper shaker. Now, I know it's common today, but even back during the Roman days, salt still was very rare to the point that even Roman soldiers were actually paid in salt. Yes, they would also get a currency, a coin, some coins, but they were also paid in salt. That's where we get the, the old expression, not used much today, uh, but a few generations back it was, is a man worth his salt? In other words, is he a good worker? Is, you know, does he have good character? Well, that all comes from the fact that people actually used to get paid in salt. Well, now, good salt is everywhere. And, uh, but that, that's a blessing because without salt, uh, your food is going to go down to major levels of enjoyment, of taste factor, just by not having salt. If you can't cook with it, you don't have it, the food's not nearly going to be as good. Now, we have pepper everywhere, but pepper used to be something that only kings and royalty had. It was extremely rare. It was extremely expensive, but today everybody has it. So I'm just saying be thankful because some of these things that used to be at the high end of ultra, uh, ultra luxury, they're now, you know, left and right. And same way with spices, you know, everything from nutmeg to cinnamon and paprika. All of this back then would have been a high level king area, but uh, it's all over the place today. But uh, think again, what would your food be like without spice? I mean, after all, what's Mexican food without Mexican spices, right? So, uh, you know, you need it for everything. So thank God for it every time you use it because it is a blessing. Now, he had storehouses even for his spices, for shields. And the thing is, you get into shields and swords and armory, you know, when you start getting wealthy, you can jazz all of that up. So you don't just have a, a shield. Now you have a shield with like engraving or carving on it. And so all of that was really nice stuff. And it also says uh, that there were also treasuries for all kinds of desirable items. So he had a lot of goods, okay? He continues on. Storehouses for the harvest of grain, wine, and oil, and stalls for all kinds of livestock and folds for flocks. Look, I'm telling you that if you just stay with the Lord through thick or thin, through good times, through challenging times, through uh, uh, whatever's floating around out there in the world, if you will just hang with the Lord, that covenant kicks in. And it will lift you over every trial, and it will always give you victory. Now, there may be some heat, and trust me, he felt the heat. Uh, 
but he persevered. He continued to trust in the Lord, and they came out in total victory, and so will you. So will you. The covenant is not a respecter of persons, and you need to be a Christian that will lock onto what I call covenant principles. Woo, praise the Lord. I like miracles, and God does miracles, but there are some things that miracles alone can't get you into. There are principles in God's word that you need to determine to completely start living your life by. Okay, so it's principles that give you lift. It's principles that are the track that will take you into the station of blessing and of heart's desires. See, you fly an airplane not by miracles. You could you could get a miracle and somehow we get the we'd get a miracle and we get a we get the airplane up. But then again, you're gonna need another miracle to land it safely. Okay. But let's let's believe God for miracles and let's operate in miracles. But miracles are an overriding of natural laws. So when God is not overriding his own laws that he established. Remember, he, he made the natural laws, so they are good, okay? So we need to learn to work with the natural and also the supernatural and the miraculous. But what I'm trying to say is that so often we have to operate with the natural. Since we do, let's learn how to fly the airplane. Let's go to flight school. Let's get a pilot's license. Let's get type rated for the plane. Let's fly the plane on what? On principles, okay? And then we can fly whenever we want to. And should we ever need a miracle, certainly we can use our faith for that, but let's operate primarily on principles. And that, my friends, will bring stability into your life, which is what you need in a world where there are so many different types of shakings and so forth. But God will always give you the victory, just like he did for good King Hezekiah. Praise the Lord. Let's continue on. So he had these storehouses for the harvest of grain, wine, and oil, and stalls for all kinds of livestock and folds for flocks. You have to get comfortable because it's coming with more than enough. Well, Pastor Stephen, what do I do with it? Well, you can be a blessing. You can enjoy it uh, for yourself, and you can also be an extension into the lives of others and be a blessing because you've got that much livestock, you have that much cattle, you could certainly hold a really nice barbecue for everybody. Now verse 29, moreover, he provided cities for himself and possessions of flocks and herds in abundance. Now watch this, for God had given him very much property. Let me say that again. God gave Hezekiah very much property property. Not the devil. God did it. Praise the Lord. Now there's something about land. Maybe you've heard this before. They're not making any more of it. Okay. Now I do know that in some situations that maybe an island is formed out in the remote Pacific somewhere through a volcanic eruption. But then again, a lot of those islands that are formed eventually sink within a few years. So it's not like there's a whole lot of land being made. And I do know off the coast of Dubai, uh, about a decade ago, they were really into this new land development off the off the coast out there in the water because they have some shallow water that goes out for quite a distance, and they started dredging all the sand and uh, moving all the sand into certain areas and making these uh, you know islands that they were going to build houses on. And some of the, some of that they did. They actually made some uh, beautiful palm shaped islands and things like that. And uh, but then they found out later that. Uh, that was not a good thing to do from an ecological perspective because now the natural beach that they already did have with, you know, so many skyscrapers sitting on it, the, you know, the tallest one in the world sitting there, they have found out that when they removed all of that sand, that sand was a natural buffer from the storms that blow in and it would help eliminate erosion. But now that all that sand is gone because they moved it, uh, there is nothing really to block these high levels of erosion. Could cause some problems uh, with all of those beautiful skyscrapers uh, so close to the edge of that. Maybe they'll find a way to fix it. Perhaps they already have. Who knows? But my friends, they're not really making land anymore. And so there is an anointing to acquire land, to acquire property. And it was all over Hezekiah. Hezekiah had very much property, because God gave it to him. Now, 
that is for some of you that are watching. That is an anointing for some of you. I wouldn't say for all of you, because remember, if you start getting these properties, uh, you know, there, there are a few states in America, uh, not, not many. Uh, you have Tennessee, you have Florida, you have some others. I wish, you, I wish it was North Carolina, okay? But there are some, some states where you don't have to pay any property tax. And that's, that's a blessing because I just talked to somebody two days ago who, who had moved from New York and it's, you know, it's kind of funny. Maybe it's not funny to the people that are living there, but I thought it was kind of funny. But uh, the tax on his home uh, every year, uh, the property tax was $50,000. And you, you just got to come up with that every single year. Well, he got tired of that, sold the home and moved. And so now he's here in uh, North Carolina, which is what many people do. But my friends, if you own a lot of it, you're going to have to oversee it, manage it, and in many cases, pay the taxes on that. But don't let that deter you if God is calling you into that area because some of the properties could be investment properties and God wants you to buy them, uh, maybe not to hold on to them for 20 or 30 years, but just to hold on, you know, for maybe two or three years, maybe it's an investment property, maybe you're supposed to clear it, maybe you're supposed to develop it, uh, you know, maybe you are supposed to build something on it, but that can be something I really believe as I was getting these notes for this message that that is for a, quite a few of you that are out there. I know it's at least for 10 people that are watching for solid, for sure. I know that there are 10 people that, that are watching that God wants to give you an anointing to acquire property. God had given him very much property. Woo, praise the Lord. So just remember, if you have it, you have to watch over it. And of course, you're responsible for it. Uh, you need insurance and all of that. But if, if that anointing is there, then certainly God understands all of that and he would give provision for that. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want those of you that have a heart for that to receive that anointing. So Father, I pray for those that have a desire to own property. And if you don't owe any, you at least need to own some for yourself, okay? And I, of course, if you're getting more, that you, those are all for yourself in a sense. But, uh, you know, there is something about being a landowner. And, you know, here at the ministry, we, we own this property. And me and Kelly, we own our house. And so when you're an owner, you have a voice. It's almost like if you don't own anything, then you, uh, you don't really have a voice. But when you do have ownership, you can put your foot down and you could say, this is mine. I, I live here. I have a voice here. I have something to say. And so you do because it's yours. Praise the Lord. So if you don't own any land, you don't own any type of property, you need to own something. Praise the Lord. So that's referring to a lot more than the 10. The 10 I see collecting properties. I mean, you're going you're to collect properties like some people collect you know, toy cars. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're you're going to collect them and you're going to, you're going to have a lot. Uh, you, you, and I, I say a lot, you, you may have a hundred properties because there are people that are out there. I used to lease from a, a landlord, nice guy, really laid back. You wouldn't know he had a lot of money, but he owned over a hundred properties. And many of the properties were over, uh, a lot of the properties just individually were over a million dollars in value. But he was a really nice guy. Praise the Lord. But let me pray for those of you that would like to come into land ownership. You want to own some property. Lift up your hands. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching who don't own anything as far as land or property. Father, let a miracle happen and let them come into property and land ownership. Not renting, but ownership in the name of Jesus Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now stay in faith and give the angels some time to work. But I'll tell you what, it's good to drive around and, and look around. And, uh, you know, I have also found in times like this that those that are looking to sell, oftentimes they'll, they'll even do owner financing. So don't rule it out. Don't say, well, I, I don't have the money, Pastor Stephen. I can't get qualified. I'm, I'm telling you, there's always a way. And so if, if you look and, and you ask, and sometimes you have to ask, you'll find people that are working, that are willing to work outside of the box. They don't need traditional, 
lending, you know, some of these people, they're just like, hey, I'm ready to unload it. Look, if you can pay it off in three years, let's make a deal, you know, and let's draw up a contract and get it done. So, and I, I've done stuff like that before, mainly because I asked. I've asked and, uh, and then, you know, would be faithful with payments, get it paid off. And next thing you know, you're, you're the title deed holder and that feels good. Praise the Lord. So God can do it for anybody, but use your faith. Don't make excuses. Say, well, I, I that, that could never happen to me. It could happen to anybody who will believe. And I've seen, I've seen people get properties, um, that, uh, I don't know. There was one lady, she got a property. I couldn't believe this property she got. And she she got it. She bought this home because for whatever reason, the home wasn't selling. So she went to the uh, owner directly and the seller, uh, the man and his wife, they had been working with the real estate company. Well, the, the contract with the real estate company had just expired because it'd been on the market for a year and the real estate company never got it sold. And so the contract is now over so they can do whatever they want now. And she shows up right at the right time and says, why don't you give me owner financing? I can, you know, I can't put down 10%, but I can at least put something down that shows I've got skin in the game. And uh, she said, give me three years and I'll have, I'll have this either, either a loan for you to pay it off. Or I'll have the whole thing paid off. And, um, and she, uh, she was in and they did it. They said, yes. And she pulled it off. I don't know how she got the money, but she got the money. She had three years to get it. And she owns a phenomenal home and she had never owned a home before. So I've had similar type situations with me and Kelly where we've just asked. I, I bought a phenomenal piece of property on the golf course one time that once I had the land cleared people, all the, all the locals couldn't believe the preeminent spot that that lot was. And the way I bought that lot was by a miracle. I just drove by. I, I drove out one day in my vehicle and I said, today, I don't know how, because I didn't, I didn't have the money uh, at that time to go out with traditional financing. So, by the way, it's very hard to get financing on land, on raw land, especially if it's undeveloped land. Most lenders, uh, most lending institutions, banks and whatever, they, they don't want to lend money on land. But, and I knew that. And I thought, well, you know, I just said, I want to go out anyhow, and I want to buy something somehow. <laughs> I just drove around and I saw that lot and it had trees all over it and had briars and weeds growing all over it. And uh, it was, it, it looked bad. And not only that, when it had all these beautiful homes close by it, and whenever the lawn guys would mow the homes of these wealthy people, for whatever reason, they would take all the grass clippings and dump them on that vacant lot because it had all these trees and, and all these briars and bushes. And so they would throw their, they, they weren't supposed to do that. Of course, they're supposed to take all that stuff to the, to the dump and haul it off. Right. Well, it all had just all this debris and stuff. And so nobody had ever bought it. And so I went to the, to the owner and I said, Hey, I said, if you'll sell me that lot, I can give you this much down. It's, it was enough to kind of make him feel uh, you know, Hey, he's in. And so I, but you know, he also trusted me and I said, I, I can pay it off. I think I told him like, uh, two years or something like that. I said, I'll have a whole thing paid off in two years. And, uh, he said, yes. And the realtor, uh, couldn't even believe that he actually had a realtor uh, and the realtor couldn't believe that he said yes, but it was a done deal. Uh, went to the, you know, uh, to the signing. It's all official and got him paid off quick, got him paid off and, uh, owned it, owned it outright, held the title deed in my hand. I tell you what, it's an amazing thing. So it's happened for me. It's happened for others and it can happen for you. Praise God. Now receive, receive an anointing to buy land, to acquire property in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if you believe it, you need to at least go out sometime on your day off and drive around and look. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't have any money. Uh, you know, uh, just have, have a little something. Pull together something and then just look. Hallelujah. And sometimes there are those that are out there that are willing to do what I would call creative financing. And there's a lot more people out there than what you would think. Because there's a lot of wealthy people also, they'll do that. They've got so much money, they're like, Hey, you know, I've, I've already got so much money. Yeah, I'll work with you just to be nice to you. There, there are people that are like that. So just have faith, have faith, and God can give you favor. Praise the Lord. And for those that I saw the 10, that you, you'll be like Hezekiah, just 
Trust the Lord to give you that wisdom and that anointing. Really, that's an anointing. I would even call it a territorial anointing. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. And so for those of you that feel called to that, to hold a portfolio of properties, Father, I pray for them that you cause this to just break forth in their life, that the husbands and wives, they'll see, they'll just see it. Maybe sometimes the wife will see it. Maybe sometimes the husband will see it. Maybe sometimes they'll both see it together, but they'll say, that's it. That's a winner. Let's buy that lot right there. And we thank you, Father. It's for investment. They'll resell it later and make profit off of it. So Father, we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, I was just reading about uh, another man just a couple days ago. He bought some acreage, and once he had bought it, for some reason he felt so good that God was so happy that he bought that land. And when he bought that land, after he had signed it and you know uh, he, he owned it, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, don't ever sell that property. It was, it was raw land, nothing on it but trees and grass. And the Holy Spirit, don't ever, he said, don't ever sell that property. That property will take care of you and your family for the rest of your life, okay? And so, you know, he's only in his 40s, and he thought, wow, what a word from the Lord. But what could it mean? It's just raw, undeveloped land with a bunch of trees on it, you know. Well, anyhow, it wasn't too much, uh, too much uh, more time after that, maybe just a few months after he'd bought the land, then the na- natural gas company said, can we, uh, you know, do a few tests on your property? We think that there could be natural gas wells, you know, the underground gas on your property. He said, yeah, go ahead and test. And uh, found out that, yeah, there was mega gas way down. They drilled for it and uh, just a lot of money, enough money for, for him to just really, in a sense, retire if he wanted to, because the royalty check that would be coming in every month was way up there. I mean, it's thousands and thousands, way up there every single month. And so it was a true word from the Lord. It's, a, it's enough to take care of he and his family for the rest of his life. But of course, he keeps on working because, you know, he loves the Lord and, you know, nobody wants to sit around and shut down when you're 40, okay? So my friends, uh, God's going to do some amazing things in this area of property. Now, verse 30, this same Hezekiah also stopped the water outlet of Upper Gihon and brought the water by tunnel to the west side of the city of David. And I've actually have walked through that tunnel. That's an amazing experience. If you go to Israel, uh, you'll definitely want to do that. And on, on the day when we do that, you probably want to wear uh, some shorts or at least some pants where you could roll your pants up to about your knees. And off we go, uh, walking through some fun water, same tunnel. So he got to do some wonderful engineering projects as well. And it says that Hezekiah, prospered in all his works. Well, I want you to understand that Hezekiah really had a heart for the Lord. Was he perfect? No. Did he, uh, did he make some really uh, goofy mistakes at times? Yes, but he'd get back on track. And he also really knew how to honor the prophets or what we would call the man of God, because back then, with the ministry, all you had was the prophet. They didn't have the apostle or the evangelist, pastor, or teacher. All they had was the prophet. So today would be like saying, you know, I honor the man of God. And Hezekiah really knew how to do that. And God would give Isaiah the most incredible words. And Isaiah would prophesy things like, the king of Assyria may come, and he may make all these threats, but he will not come into Jerusalem. He will not even set up a siege. He will turn back in shame and go back the way that he came. And, you know, he would give these amazing words when it looked like total defeat was the only thing they were facing. But he was speaking under the anointing of the Spirit. Everything he said came to pass. And Hezekiah always had a prophet in his court. He always had an ear for the prophets, and he loved the prophets so that you could say that this man, Hezekiah, while he was he was brilliant. He was smart. He had a heart for God, and he understood the anointing. That, that was not his ability to really walk in that kind of a prophetic anointing. He had the king anointing, but he knew the value of the prophetic voice, and when you honor that, it releases 
tremendous blessing into your life. And really, he could not have done what he did without having Isaiah in his court, uh, having that prophetic word. It is vital. I, I honestly, I don't know what some people do without prophecy. Uh, I have had prophetic words that have charted and set the course of my destiny. So without prophecy and without the gifts of the spirit, without the supernatural, without the miraculous in the sense where let the Holy Spirit move in God, uh, move and guide and be God. Well, you know, there would be a lot. I wouldn't know. I would just be kind of like out there in the dark, kind of feeling around, just hoping I could figure it out. But my friends, honor the Lord, honor the prophetic, honor the prophets that God would put in your life, honor the prophetic voice that God would put in your life and honor the man of God in your life. And that was something that Hezekiah was really, really good at. Woo! Praise the Lord. And you know, uh, I have a man of God in my life and his secretaries came up to me and Pastor Kelly one day when he wasn't there. And they told us, they said, Pastor Stephen, out of all the spiritual sons he has, and he has a lot all over the world, they said, out of all of the spiritual sons he has, you and Kelly, who is also his spiritual daughter, they said, you two honor him more than anybody else does. You honor him more than any of his other spiritual children. Well, praise the Lord. And so sometimes people look at my life, my ministry with a little bit of a mystery. Why is there such a blessing? Well, you have to honor, you have to honor the the people that God puts in your life as spiritual mentors and spiritual fathers, or I would also say spiritual mothers. For some people, it's a spiritual mother. For me, it's it's usually been a spiritual father. But what the Apostle Paul said was true. You have not many spiritual fathers. You can have a whole lot of teachers, but you don't have many fathers. So when you have a father, uh, of course, you would always honor your natural father, but you would also want to honor in the same way your spiritual father, because your, your future, a lot of it is actually tied up in that person and the way that you honor them. And so, although Hezekiah was king and he's the guy in charge, he was just like, hey, I've got to have Isaiah, get that guy back in here because this crazy Assyrian king is threatening us and he's, uh, we're, we're outnumbered like enormously. So get the prophet in here <laughs> and we need, we, need, we need the word of the Lord, praise God. So uh, you have to weigh all of those things. So Hezekiah had all of that going on. So he was a really, really good king, praise the Lord. Now look, if you stay on track like Hezekiah did, you're going to end up in this same place. Look, I can predict your future by your practices, okay? And so you keep staying on track, working the word, walking with the Lord, uh, doing these things like Hezekiah did that were rock solid, these principles. You're going to end up saying, you know what? We need to open up some, some treasuries. We need to open up some storehouses. We are having so much increase and we are having so much blessing that uh, we need we need to make some plans of expansion here because whoo, the Lord is just moving in our midst. So my friends, that's where you're going and that's the blessing of the Lord for you. And these heart's desires, God's going to do it, every single one of them, but stay very, very close to the Lord and stay on track and you'll see it happen in your life. Now, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone that's watching that as we've covered some different areas of heart's desires and also all of these things that would be treasury type items and heart's desires would be in there somewhere as well. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that as your people stay on track, stay faithful and stay patient, they are going to roll into every single blessing that you have intended for them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Now I hear the Holy Spirit say, stay on focus. Okay. Because God has designated blessings for you that you are intended to receive and you are uh, in, in a pursuit mode. And that is good. But I'm saying sometimes we have different anointings, different things where uh, we, we must go towards, but you're going to have to stay on track and be very, very focused 
that you pursue what God has for you because it's going to bring the Lord a lot of glory. It's going to make you very happy. And in your life, it's going to be a great witness as these things begin to come forth. So while you may rejoice at others and what's going on in their life, and that's wonderful, you have to use that focus to really stay on track and keep moving towards what your assignment is. And that's very important. And I believe you're going to get it done. Praise God. Now, if you're watching today's program and you're intrigued by good King Hezekiah and you think, I'd like to have a life like that. My friends, it all begins with the relationship of knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior. Okay? So if you don't know him, today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off another day. Don't even put it off another minute. Get your life right with God right now. If you're ready to do that, and I believe you are, pray out loud this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you now, and I ask you to take all of my sin away. I ask you to wash me with your precious blood. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I give my heart, my life to you now. Thank you, Jesus. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Save me now. Thank you, Jesus, for making me yours. I belong to you now. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen and amen. And my friends, you do belong to the Lord now, and he has heard that prayer, and he is now your Lord and Savior, and he is now your King. Praise God. Let's all take Holy Communion today. Glory, glory to Jesus. Grab some unleavened bread and grab some grape juice. Now, I use these little wafers. You can buy these in just about any Christian bookstore, uh, or you can go on Amazon and order these. Praise God that they're available also uh, online from many of the Christian bookstores as well. And then I just use grape juice, okay? And in the Bible, sin was represented by leaven, okay? So, when you see the communion wafer, it would be one without leaven. In other words, that's why they're always flat, okay? Because leaven was a type of sin. Jesus would say things like, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, okay? And he was talking about the sin of their hypocrisy, how they, they say do one thing and while they do the other, and they're total hypocrites. So that's why we use these type of wafers. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. And now, as we take communion with them, we pray over these and we set this apart as holy. So we know that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus because Father Jesus said that when we partake of communion, we are receiving his flesh and his blood. Thank you, O God. So Father, we thank you that as we receive the flesh of Jesus, his body, we receive the promises that you have for us. I thank you for making your people land owners, property owners. Woohoo! I thank you for the land tycoons that you are raising up for your glory. Father, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you for his body. Amen. Let's receive today. Hallelujah. Bishop David Oyedipo in Nigeria told the story years back of when he needed land, a meeting place for his Bible college. And it was getting closer and closer to the start date for the Bible college. And all of these people are signing up and they're all ready to go to Bible college and there was no meeting place. And so it got closer and closer. And one day while he was in prayer, he told uh, one of his assistants, he said, get up and go and drive to this certain location. And the Holy Spirit had revealed to the bishop where the location was. And he said, inquire at that location. And so uh, the assistant gets in a car, drives out there and pulls up to this property. There's a building on it. And there's a man standing there at the entrance of the property. And uh, the assistant gets out and says, um, are you the owner of this facility? He says, I'm not the owner. He said, God's the owner. I'm the caretaker of it. <laughs> and so the assistant said, well, if you're the caretaker of it, the Lord says, we have need of this building. He said, what for? Uh, they said, for a Bible college. He said, here it is. See, you, you, you never know the purpose. It could be a purpose for investment, but it could be a, pur a purpose because 
God has need of it. Praise God. So my friends, it's good to own property. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Mm, thank you for the wisdom of the Lord Jesus. His superior wisdom. We thank you, O God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you. I see you re removing people from debt very, very quickly now. You're really going to accelerate this debt deliverance thing. Mm -mm. Uh, it's been a long time of your people have been trusting you, believing you to be brought out of the Babylonian bondage of financial debt. So Father, I just praise you. I praise you. I see all credit cards getting paid off. Somebody needs to shout, hallelujah. I see all of your credit cards getting paid off. And those of you that have drugged that ball and chain of student loans, maybe for decades now, uh, that's about to get chop suey Hallelujah. It's going to get cut off. And those debts are going to get paid off with just one big blessing. Watch what the Lord will do. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If there were anything that I would say, you know, let's make an exception for debt. I would say it would be for the purchase of a home or for the purchase of property. Uh, and you're acquiring properties. I could see how in a sense that many times you need to get something financed to go into that. So we're not saying that debt is sinful or debt is wrong, but we are saying that when it comes to credit cards and this stuff that really becomes a trap and a snare, we really want to have all that paid off and be free. And of course, eventually even homes and property paid off as well. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Just as the blood of Jesus cleanses us from sin, the blood of Jesus is also able to bring great deliverance, even the, the, from the deliverance of debt. We thank you that your angels, and that's what it is, your angels are working with, uh, I wouldn't say feverishly because it's not like they have a fever, but I would say they're working hotly. They're working with great heat and fervency to get these debts paid off. And so things are going to happen quickly where provision is going to come and other sources of blessing are going to come and the debts are going to get paid off. Praise God. So Father, we thank you for it. We believe it in Jesus' name and we agree and say amen. Now let's receive the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Stay on track and you're going to be just like good King Hezekiah. You're going to be having to open up treasuries all over the place. Get ready. Your heart's desires are all going to come to pass. Thanks for watching today. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.